You are listening to the Self-Love Journals podcast, episode number one, Uncovering Your Self-Love. Welcome to the Self-Love Journals podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Baker. Through a lifetime of journaling, I have discovered that everything you need to find your true authentic self is already inside you, waiting to be uncovered. Tune in weekly as I share with you the things I have learned that block and boost your self-love. Welcome to the first episode of the Self-Love Journals. I am so happy you are here with me today. I would like to start out by asking you a question. Do you love yourself? Do you truly accept yourself? Or do you find that you often look for ways to feel better from sources outside yourself? For most of my life, I have not been able to say that I loved myself. I was my own worst enemy and worst critic. I was incessantly hard on myself and I never thought that I was enough. I could always do or be more. I kept searching outside myself for that missing piece to complete me and make me feel loved. Over the years, I have discovered that what I thought was missing was really always there inside me. It has taken me 40 years to find this out for myself and to truly be able to say that I am enough and that I do love myself, flaws and all. If I told you that all the things you've been looking for to complete yourself and find self-acceptance is already here inside of you now, would you believe me? Well, I am here to tell you something. You are enough, just the way you are in this moment. You are always 100% enough and worthy of love. You may not always feel that way, but your worth is perfect and whole. No matter what you think you do or don't do to deserve it, it's there. The fact that you were born on this earth is proof that you are worthy to be here. In fact, we were all born with the capacity to unconditionally love ourselves. Now, this may feel out of reach at times. We all have faults, weaknesses, and struggles, and that's okay. It may take many years to find and cultivate self-love and acceptance. And then when we do, we have to continually keep nourishing our self-love. My journey of finding authentic self-love was a very long process that I documented through journaling. Since I was nine years old, I began writing in a diary as a way to express my confused feelings. 32 years later, I now have 12 journals filled with raw emotional entries. Along the way, I have sought for answers as to why I was always in such emotional pain. I read many books and I talked with people who seemed to understand what I was feeling. Many times, I received personal insight and inspiration to help me along the way. I am now in a place where I truly believe that self-love and acceptance 
is accessible to all. My journey may or may not be similar to yours, but what you and I have in common is that we are both human. We both need love, and we both have love inside of us. It just may be buried deep within us. I have learned to say that self-love needs to be uncovered from within, not found from outside of us. In these episodes of the Self-Love Journals, I want to share with you what I have learned through study and journaling to help access and uncover self-love. I've discovered there are things that can get in the way or block our self-love. The more we can become aware and understand how to maneuver through these obstacles, the more we can keep that line to self-love open. I've also experienced many things in life that can boost self-love. I've come up with many practical tactics, models, and applications to help keep our self-love and acceptance alive and thriving. In these journal entries I will share with you today, you will see some of the many common self-love blockers and some self-love boosters. This first one comes from my little nine-year-old self. From October of 1990, I write, Today I hate me. Very, 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 very much. Because I always do something very bad and I feel sick about it. So here at age nine, I am identifying with self-loathing and shame. I'm feeling like I hate myself and that I did something wrong and that I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even remember what it was, and it probably wasn't that big of a deal. A couple years later, at age 11 in 1992, I write, I have decided that I am going to take care of myself better. This shows some awareness and also some desires for self-care. I was very aware, but at the same time, I was always in constant distress in my mind wanting to feel better about myself, but also feeling that I didn't love myself. At age 12, in 1993, I write, I feel good about myself when I get good grades and when someone says something good or nice about me. Now this shows that I really loved external validations, and this would only grow for me to need it more and more throughout my life. I really depended on external validations to help me feel good about myself because I couldn't generate that acceptance from within. I always needed other people to tell me that I was doing good, and then I would be able to feel good about myself. At age 13 in 1994, I write, How come I always feel like I'm worthless? I think I'm too fat. I get my feelings hurt easily, so I have a cow over everything. I always think I'm worthless, but I'm not. People make me think I am. In this entry, I show worthlessness. I'm starting to feel so much self-loathing that I just feel like I'm worthless. I also begin to develop a negative body image. I do have some awareness again by saying, I think I'm worthless, but I'm not. And then I try to shift that blame where the self-hate is coming from to other people by saying, people make me think I am. I'm aware that I don't feel love for myself and that I want to, but I don't want to feel responsible for that self-loathing. 
At age 13, I write, I feel sad. Actually, I don't know what to think. I feel weird. I feel like there are pieces of me scattered all over, and I can't put them together. Here I'm feeling a lot of sadness, a lot of confusion. I often say in my journal that I feel lost. Later on that year, at age 13, I write, I told my mom I didn't feel left out from not trying out for cheerleader, but I do. I feel it's the only way for me to get popular. Just being me is not enough. So this shows, again, those external validations. They're really starting to grow stronger. I'm feeling like I'm not enough just being me, and I'm starting to identify with roles. In this instance, it's the role of being a cheerleader because I believe that if I become a cheerleader, I will get popular, and then I will be enough, and then maybe I will love myself. At age 14, in 1995, I write, I find myself thinking a lot about nothing in particular, just stuff where I'm headed, obviously nowhere right now. I feel so lost. What am I supposed to be doing? Now here I find this a little funny because at age 14, I feel like I need to know exactly where I'm headed and what I'm supposed to be doing. And this comes from a lot of thinking, compulsive thinking. My brain never shut off, and most of the time it was negative self-talk. I felt very confused and lost. And here I was identifying with what we called the mind-made self. A lot of us have a lot of thoughts in our brains, and we can get confused and think that those thoughts make up who we actually are. But in reality, we are not our thoughts. We are the awareness of our thoughts. At age 16, I write, Today was cruddy, but only because I chose to think that way. So this entry shows more awareness because I'm noticing that I'm feeling bad, but that also I chose to think that way. And this is actually very good. Awareness is key in identifying, locating, and accessing our self-love that is already there inside of us. The more aware we can be of our feelings and our being rather than just compulsively attaching to our thoughts, the more we can get in touch with our inner self. At age 16, I write, This week has been awful. I have been so confused. I cried a lot about everything that's going on. I am constantly in different moods. So the confusion is continuing, but it's changing. It's setting in deeper into mood swings. I have always been an all or nothing person. I wasn't aware of it until after I got married and my husband pointed it out to me. And at first I was in denial, but then after a few years I realized, oh yes, I am. This is something that I did for many years, and it was just a cycle that I was stuck in. I wasn't aware of it, but also I didn't feel like I had any control of my emotions or of what was going on. At age 17 in 1998, I write, Life is so weird. You just never know. It's hard for some reason to express my feelings. I just want to keep them all bottled up inside. So I was unable to identify my feelings. I couldn't express them, and I just wanted to keep them all bottled up inside. 
I think that I had just so many thoughts inside my head and I just began to shut down. At age 18 in 1999, I write, things are going so much better these days. I really don't know why. I've been trying for so long to pull myself out of darkness and unhappiness. I really am feeling pure happiness. So this would definitely be on the up cycle of my mood swings. I did have many times of elated mood, although when I think back on my life, mostly I would say I was in negative thought cycles and just those negative mood swings. At age 19, the year 2000, I write, I feel like I don't like myself, like I am against myself, like there are two people inside of me battling each other. I feel like I'm separate. My heart and my head say two totally different things. I'm never content, and I'm always negative towards myself. So here again, I have awareness. I'm aware of the inner conflict inside of myself. I'm aware that there's a separateness, that there's two people against one another. I remember feeling like At times, I loved myself and I wanted to feel good about myself, but then there was always this negative Trisha on the other side just saying, yeah, but what about this about you? And you could do so much better, and this person is so much better at this than you are, so you can't quite feel good about yourself yet. This happened to me a lot, and this is what happens when the mind is trying to identify with who you are. Now remember, We are not our thoughts. The mind tries to create an identity for ourselves, but those are just roles taken on by identification and external sources. At age 20, the year 2001, I write, I want to catch myself before I slip into a depression. I always begin by abusing my body. I eat until I'm sick. But I shouldn't abuse myself like that. I need to realize that I am loved. I know I am. So I really need to take care of myself and others. I hope that as I begin this cycle of down I feel is coming on, I can conquer it and pull myself out before I get too deep. So this was the beginning of one of my depressive cycles. Even though I was aware of it, I wasn't able to just snap out of it. And often I would feel very guilty for that. I felt like there was something wrong with me. And so I put a lot of guilt and shame on top of the already depression that I was going through that I wasn't aware of. Here I also mentioned the beginning of disordered eating. I did a lot of emotional eating to cover up my unwanted emotions and my negative self-talk. I also binged quite a lot. I binged to punish myself sometimes for hating myself and I would eat and eat until I just felt sick. I also had awareness that I wanted to feel love and that I was trying to keep myself out of this depressive spiral. And one thing that I did always do is I always started again. A couple years ago, I had this idea of the square one cycle. Okay, here we are back at square one. But if we look at it more of a cycle of, okay, we've been through one cycle and we go through and I think, what have I learned? And I'm not the same Trisha. Yes, maybe I I still feel tired and broken down, but I am stronger and there are ways that I can slowly build myself up. And that's exactly what I have done through the years. 
Some of the self-love blockers that I have mentioned in these journal entries are self-loathing, shame, worthlessness, negative body image, loneliness, expectations, external validations, anxiety, assuming, obsessing, blaming, depression, mood swings, confusion, compulsive thinking, and suppressed emotions. Some of the self-love boosters I mentioned were self-compassion, self-confidence, self-awareness, hope, and perseverance. I wrote a poem 11 years ago at age 29, which sums up my emotions, the awareness I had, and the desires I had for myself. It's called, You Already Know. Ugliness is all I ever see. Suspicious and fearful. Clutching to possessions, appearance, success. Mixed with unfair comparisons and consuming self-doubt. Undeciphered messages rooted and layered within finally manifests that I am not really me. My greatest suffering is due to my incompleteness. I am paying the price from betraying my soul by being what others want me to be. I want to change my scene and write a new play, get rid of unfair expectations, and love who I am in this moment. I've got to feel free to be myself, because birds never sing in caves. Nothing is more human than vulnerability, and hurt is less hard when you're on your own side. With all my faults, I can learn to be me, because that's the easiest thing in the world to be. So the title, You Already Know, shows that I knew deep down the truth of who I was. I was holding on to false identifications of who I thought I was. This came through fear, comparing, needing to accomplish things, self-doubt. All of these things I was doing, thinking that I was building up my self-esteem and my self-love. But I actually was covering up the self-love and self-worth that was already inside of me. I realized that all those things that I was doing was not really me. But at the same time, I don't know where to find the real me. I'm trying to disassociate from the mind-made false sense of self. I say that I want to write a new story for myself and get rid of expectations. I have had so many expectations, and I still do, just unconscious expectations of how I think I should be. In this poem, I, I want to love who I am in this moment. And that's something that's always been hard for me is being in the moment. I was always looking at the past with regret, looking to the future with fear and anticipation of what's going to happen and if I'm going to be able to handle it. I say that I want to be free. I want to be my own friend because it's easier when you're on your own side. And that is so true. If you're on your own side, it is so much easier to build yourself up. And that's why self-compassion and self-care is so very important. Also from this poem, I say that I want to learn to be me because that should be the easiest thing to be. And I know that I want to be me and that it sounds easy because you should just be who you are. But I was so far from who I really was because I had spent most of my life 
trying to be who I thought I should be based on comparing myself to others, based on expectations from myself and others, I realized that I just didn't really know who I really was. And for many of us, that can be hard to know who we are and to be ourselves. So how do we know if we're being ourselves? Well, I have learned that by living in the present moment without past or future focus, this is where our true identity lies. I have several journal entries in the past where I mention I wish that I could just enjoy the moment and not worry about anything else, and I wanted to live there. But I had built up so many false identities that were telling me that once I achieved a certain thing, then I could be happy. Spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle says, The state of presence is already within you and is simply covered up by mental noise. The mind-created self says, No, this is not true. I am not enough yet. I need more of this or that for my identity. But you don't need more for your identity, the essence of your being. At age 19, the year 2000, I write, I need help to get myself on my feet. I thought I could do it myself, but it would really help if someone could show me the way, or rather, help me along the way. 22 years later, I am here answering this call from myself to hopefully help some of you in your search for self-love. Now this is something new for me. I'm turning 41 today, and it's only been in the last year that I've really begun to understand and let in and accept my self-love. I have been constantly working on this my whole life. It has been my biggest trial, and I didn't know why I couldn't just let myself be and love myself. But that's why I'm here right now, to share my story, to share all the many, many journal entries where I talk about my struggles and feeling certain things and not knowing why. And gradually, little by little, I would receive bits of insight, personal wisdom. And now I'm linking and connecting all the dots and it's making sense. And I want to share this with you. So in my next episode, I will talk about compulsive thinking and awareness. This is very important, as I've said, to be aware. It's kind of one of the first things you can do, and and you don't need to change anything or do anything differently. Just a little mind shift. Just start thinking that you are the watcher of your thoughts rather than you are your thoughts. So that can help become aware of all of the compulsive thinking that you may be doing There are so many other things that I have found through my life that can either boost your self-love or they can block us from accessing it and from feeling it. And so I want to bring all these things up in all of these episodes and have a conversation about them and share some of my entries that give a very real and raw perspective from myself when I was in very dark times where I felt very lost then also times where I had started to put the pieces of that puzzle together that I talked about when I was 11 that were all spread out, I slowly have picked up those pieces and looked at it with more awareness, more curiosity, less self-judgment, more self-love, and little by little I have been piecing together this puzzle. And I've put the pieces together, but I'm continually working on myself and my self-love because I'm only human and I have feelings that make me forget that I am always worthy to feel self-love. 
I want to continue this journey, interact with you, and do things that show more self-awareness, self-compassion, and so that we can go on this journey together. But remember, everything you need to find self-love is already inside you, waiting to be uncovered. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit my website at theselflovejournals.com. Thank you for listening and for spreading the word about this podcast to your friends and family. Take care of yourself, friends.